All right, guys, here we go. Nordy's podcast. Lots to talk about. The Twins get off to a hot start, even though they're already banged up. We talk about the Wilds. Good week. We talk about the Timberwolves and maybe some future moves. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? I think even better than the last episode. Because we got a great episode under the belt already. So now we're exactly. just listening. I've got freebie now. Yeah, we did. I'm doing well. Unless you're just really excited about our sports takes, pause this, go listen to the other one, come back to this one. But let's be serious. This one's going to be awesome, too. So This one's going to be straight fire, baby. This Can't wait. Great, huge episode for you guys here. Um, before we dive into this episode, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere you get podcasts from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thanks. Do it. And you're, you know what? Thank you and you're welcome. How about that? Yes. I think that's the right way. All right, guys. We're drinking some weird beers for this one. What are you guys having? All right. I'm going all the way to New York State. Cooperstown, New York. Uh, you guys heard of Amagang before? Oh, Remember yeah. Remember they did, they did the uh, Game of Thrones collab beers and kind of put them on the map. Well, they still make beer. And my wife must think like, all right, he likes crazy looking beers. This label is like wild and bright. Neon Rainbows IPA. And you know what? It's fine. It's average. It's drinkable. I think it was only like 12 bucks for the, the four pack. So not horribly priced. I, I like it. Yeah, but you're a hype beast, Jim. It's all about the gram photo, yep. not about it's like getting the shot of the new crispy chicken. You know yep. what I mean? Like the ch- hey, like I had the chicken this. could be. Tra- it's like I had to try the the Travis Scott cacti. Had to try. It's not good, but was, I, I didn't care. It was no. hard to drink. Well, it is hard to drink, and you know what? Most seltzers aren't very good. So was I surprised? Not really, but it sold a lot, and I had to try it. So yeah, this beer is going to look great on the gram. I got to find the right moment. Fair enough. Um, I can't. I, I guess I'll talk about the beer I'm gonna have. It's from a brewery called Brass Foundry um, out of Long Lake, Minnesota. Which I don't think anybody knows where that that is because there's like ten Long Lakes in Minnesota. So not really sure. I, they, I think all the explorers were just like, I don't know, this lake seems kind of long. Let's just call it Long Lake. <laughs> and long then, what, what, yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. They're like, this shit. Uh, we gotta walk around this thing. Yeah, it's a long ass walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, you got typh- typhoid fever going around it. Yep. What was it? Sorry, I blew the Oregon Trail joke. Um, yeah, you did. <clears throat> so this is called Question 63 uh, IPA. I've got 63 questions on why this is called an IPA. Um, but overall, this is this is like an a IPA that I would have enjoyed probably like six years ago, like probably okay. even before our pod days. Um, it's fine. It's okay. Um, they're a newer brewery. They're, they've only been around for like three years, but... That's it. Okay. I'm having Prairie Artisan Ales Rainbow Sherbet. Sour Ale with Rainbow, rainbow Sherbet flavor. What's Sherbet? Wait, what's Sherbet? Sherbet? That's what it's called. Yeah. I, I don't care what it's spelled like. You don't say Sherbet. <laughs> is that how it's spelled? I like this <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't think there's an R in Sherbet generally, but Sherbert you say it. it. You Sherbert use the R. Sherbet. You know, I would say Sherbet, but I saw this and I was like, have I been saying it wrong this whole time? Yep. Wow. Uh, according to dictionary.com, sherbet is the standard American spelling for the frozen mixture made of fruit and additive, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sherbet. So I'm sorry, everyone. But yeah, this beer is really sour. It's like, um, it's like, uh, it tastes like Sour Patch Kids. 
Does it taste like, you know, there was always the lime sherbet that was like too sour. Is that what you're getting? Um, yeah. Yeah, I am. Okay. I mean, it's not bad, but it's it's real sour. All right, uh, guys, here we go. Lots to talk about. We're going to hop in to the starting line. We're going to start with some... We're going to warm up. We're gonna, are, we, are we warming up first? Jesus Christ. I don't want to pull a muscle. You're right. We need to warm up. You're like the coaches that's like, all right, guys, start sprinting. Like, coach, we haven't even stretched yet. <laughs> Feel this bad is the, for your lacrosse team, dude. Yeah, this is the pickle juice, Eric, of uh, our performance. Okay, sure. there you go. This is a real short one. Um, after being dominant for five seasons in the NBA, will Steph Curry win another NBA championship? No. You know why? It's very hard to do, and he's thirty-three, and he probably has another. Optimistically, he has seven more seasons. Realistically, he has five. Um, just what are the odds that in five seasons you're going to win one of those titles? It's just, especially with LeBron still in the game, um, he Golden State is not some like dominant powerhouse on the edge of kicking ass. They are in a rebuild. I think that the, the chances, I mean, he may go ring chasing and then he has the same shot as every other vet that's going around ring chasing, which isn't, which is, you know, what like Harden is doing on the nets right now. You know, I get it. It's a good, it's a pretty good chance. no, he does have a good chance. Yes, he does. I get that. But I, I'm saying like, I think Curry wins another title. Not sure it's with Golden State. Golden State is so well run um, and they're willing to go way above the tax and they make a bajillion dollars a year. Um, mm-hmm. They do still have Clay Thompson, who has been out now for two years. Will he be a shell of his former self, or will he still be good? Who knows? Um, they do have Wiseman, who has had an up-and-down rookie year, but is still an asset. And they still have uh, you know, a big contract in Wiggins that at some point they'll be able to flip. And they also have the Wolves pick, which is top three protected this year and uh, unprotected next year. So mm-hmm. that will be, you know, that could probably go help you, you know, maybe Wiseman plus Wiggins plus that pick gets you shitty contract and Bradley Beal or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. I just think they have enough pieces that they're going to be able to make a move to at least become contenders again. And if not, in three years, he'll leave and go somewhere else. And he'll join up with the Charlotte Hornets, who are great, or something like that. So he's I, got two years. He's got two years left on his current deal. I think he wins another title. I just don't know who it's with, but like he'll end up on some super team one more time in his career. It's like the third best player. But do you do you really think thirty five year old Steph Curry can play like that Andre Iguodala role, where you just sort of like come in and fill a multi spot? position and play at a high level or by playing 20 minutes no i think five-year-old uh seth curry is gonna look like steve nash who shoots 10 percent better from three and he's just gonna no i think his his career i think his game will age pretty well you know he's a he's a spot-up shooter and um i think he there's it wouldn't surprise me at all it wouldn't surprise me if golden state was really good again in two years and wins it again um but i just think the odds are that he doesn't i think it's like a 25 percent chance that he does 75 he doesn't i think that's curry i think what the experts would say player to a top 10 player and he's closer to 10 than he is to one but he's still one of the best in the world and he still just shoots the hell out of the ball i don't know i'm excited to see the rest of his career i kind of hope he wins the title with the Timberwolves. <laughs> but can you could, imagine could he ha- comes back to the team that passed on him? How poetic would that be? If we didn't have diabolical Dave Kahn running yeah. the uh, running the show, yeah. All right, well, I feel warmed up. That was imagine nice. imagine imagine going back in time and being like getting a job with the Wolves and be like Dave Johnny Flynn is terrible. Get Steph Curry. They I would believe you. You get fired, and then they would draft Johnny yeah. Flynn. Um, Ryan, you you drop the question in in five seconds. What do you think? Yes or no? 
I think it's a no, honestly. I'm not saying he's on the downside of his career, but no. he's old, a lot of mileage. Um, I think if he does ring chase, he's going to be sixth man in some capacity. I feel like I'm not saying he's not better. I feel like they're going to limit his minutes mm-hmm. so that when they do get in the playoffs, maybe they have a fresher Steph Curry. Um, he's not LeBron. He's not the machine that LeBron is. Um, he's had, you know, injury muscle issues. I mean, he is a smaller dude. Like it's a, it's a very physical league. It's tough. Um, so I think the answer is no. If like, if I had, if I had to bet my house on it today, I would bet no. Right. All right, guys, here we go. Big time news. Major league baseball is officially moving the all-star game from Atlanta to some undisclosed location because of all of the bullshit, racist, anti-democracy, voting, voting rights in quotation mark laws that the, uh, the people running the state put forward and now have passed. These laws now require you to have uh, some type of government-issued identification to vote. It made it illegal to have to give people food or water while they have to wait in lines in city areas that are mostly black, um, where white voters across Georgia are able to quickly get through um, without any type of wait. Um, they made it so you can't vote... Um, well in advance. They got rid of weekend voting. They got rid of pretty much all of these ways that people who live in the city would actually vote. Um, Barter, any any big ones that I'm missing right now? Yeah. So one of the big things was in Fulton County, they've limited the drop boxes for like early and absentee voting down to eight different locations where I think last year it was in the 50s or something like that. Like there were numerous locations where you could drop off your ballot and now they've limited to eight. So again, they're trying to create lines. They're trying to create confusion. They're trying to create scenarios where people show up and be like, I, I, I don't have to, I went to try and drop off my ballot. I don't have time for this. I'm going to go. And then if eventually they don't vote, that's a, that's a win for the Republicans. Um, they've stripped the power of the secretary of state um, who was the one saying like, nope, this election's on the up and up. He was completely against, you know, what Donald Trump was saying. He was on the phone call where Trump was like, we need to find the 11,000 votes, et cetera. And because it's such a slim margin, I don't even think they needed to pass these like drastic type of measures. They could have just like snuck a few smaller things in there to try and limit this. Uh, but they're definitely afraid of Stacey Abrams and her power in uh, turning out the black vote. Um but yeah, there's there's a lot of other like I mean they're just they're just basically like Jim Jim Crow laws. Um, the the fact that you have to have a government issued ID is like a poll tax, which the Supreme Court has deemed illegal for the entirety. But we don't know how this is going to turn out, given that it's a highly conservative uh, Supreme Court, because you shouldn't have to have an ID to vote. Um, that's again that costs money. And you're not allowed to charge money to give for people to vote. So anyway, um, yeah, Eric uh, touched on the highlights. And I'm glad that even if it's just for PR purposes, I don't care. Um, It will make noise within the state and people will get pissed off and want to make changes. So um, I'm glad that Major League Baseball is is was probably I think they were the first ones to, to take a stand with this. I think Major League Baseball should move the Braves out of uh, the state and until uh, until they get rid of this BS. Yeah. They won't. That's a good call. That's the kind of thing that they should do. Yeah, this is really bad. I mean, it's crazy. Like, Georgia goes blue one time, and then all the remaining Republicans in power, like, just change the rules so that it doesn't happen again. It's just absurd. It's, oh, it's, yeah, just, other, like, it's just blatant. I mean, it's just so the other, obvious. The other thing they can, they can like do... Out. Let's change it. The other thing they can do is remove any sort of county clerks 
that they feel are doing anything nefarious. So basically what they can do is in the 2022 elections, if there are anything that pertain to Georgia related to Senate or House uh, seats, is in a county that they want to win, they'll just remove the county election clerk and appoint someone that they want to go in and do the things that they want to do. And, you know, that's it. So, yeah. All right. Pretty ugly. Pretty ugly stuff. Let's move on to something not ugly. That's the NCAA tournament, which, um, you know, even if I rip on the NCAA tournament in March Madness a bit, um, the kids of Minnesota have been putting on a show. Paige Beckers is now the best women's player in the country. She's going to dominate women's basketball for the next 12 to 15 years. Um, she's going to go down as one of the great players to ever play college basketball. Uh, and it has had one of the most dominant seasons by a freshman ever, even if her team did get upset for like the fourth year in a row in the final four. Um, she was put on a show night in and night out. She is from, what, Hopkins, I believe? Yeah. Hopkins. Hopkins. Also not her fault that, the, that UConn lost. Yeah. And then uh, in even better news for Minnesota, um, Jalen Thug, uh, Minneapolis' own from Minnehaha Academy, uh, he is leading the undefeated Gonzaga Bulldogs. Is that what they're called? The Bulldogs? Yeah. And they're the one seed, the favorites to win the whole thing. And last night they had an absolute classic against UCLA. And it came down to the final seconds of overtime where UCLA tied up 3.3 seconds to go. The ball gets sent to uh, Jalen Suggs, who hits about a 40-foot bank shot to send them to the championship game. And one of the great moments in sports in the last few years and definitely one of the great shots in the NCAA tournament history. And uh, people have gone from talking about him as a top five pick to a top forward pick to a top three pick to could he be the top pick in the draft. And so it's pretty exciting. Um, I think if I'm the Wolves and I have the number one pick and I have to pick between Cade Cunningham and Jalen Suggs, I think you have to just take Suggs, the hometown kid. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Absolutely. I think Absolutely. I think he just needs to be on the wall. That'd be and so if- great. I'm so excited about Suggs that uh, we'll talk about the Timberwolves and what they should do later. Um, but if we don't end up with one of the top three picks, I think we should find a way to end up with one of the top three picks. And also, I think Eric, trading. Eric, I think that this, this tournament played out exactly I, how I would envision you would want it to, in that there were exciting games, there were a few upsets here and there, but ultimately the two best teams throughout the tournament are meeting for the championship game. Yes, absolutely, Ryan. Well said. It is, it is how the tournament should go. And so I will give credit where credit is due. This is the matchup everyone wanted to see at the end of the tournament. And this is the battle of the two best teams in the country. And I think that's the best part about sports is that even if I'm not a Gonzaga fan and I'm not a Baylor fan, you know, I like the sport. I should want to see the best of the best fight for the title. They're the most deserving teams. And I am all in on Gonzaga here as they have Minnesota's guy, Jalen Suggs. And now next year, the rumor is that they will also get uh, Chet Holmgren, uh, who is going to be, who's the number one prospect in the country this year from the same high school, Minnehaha Academy. Crazy. It's crazy. Oh, you made a ball here, man. Minnesota kids are dominating basketball. It's pretty cool. Even though the and they consistently have- leave the state, they do not go to college here. I get it. I mean, look at him. Do you think if he if he had decided to like take one for the team and go play on the Gophers, that he'd be in the position to go to go play for a national title right now? No, absolutely not. No. He would have no. made our team so much better, but it wouldn't he have probably, been enough. He would have know? made the tournament, and he probably still yep. would have been a top five pick. But I mean. The tournament is where top five picks can turn into top two picks. And- See, I, dis- I disagree completely. I feel like in Gonzaga and their program, they have a lot of elite basketball players overall. Maybe not like NBA-ready players, but like 
elite college basketball players at Minnesota, he would have been a big fish in a small pond and he would have been pouring in points and assists and doing things that we've never seen anybody since like Bobby Jackson do on the Gophers. Um, And I'm not saying we would have made noise in the tournament, but I feel like he would have been so dominant in, especially in like the lower games against like the Northwesterns or the Nebraskas and things like that. Like he would have been dropping like 40 points. It actually would have risen his draft stock higher. However, hitting a half quarter or a 40 footer uh, to send your team to the championship game doesn't hurt your draft stock either. So um, it could go both ways. But I feel like I feel like his numbers would have been much more draftable and appealing, um, although on a worse team. So pick your poison there. All right, guys. So next bit of news, the NFL officially announces that they're ad- adopting the 17th game of the regular season. Uh, I believe they're in exchange. They're giving up two preseason games. I think the preseason is only going to have two games now. There's going to be 17 regular season games. The players are not happy about it. Fans, I think, are happy about it. I'm excited. Uh, The 17th game for us is officially on the road at the Los Angeles Chargers in their big, beautiful new stadium. And I have already decided I'm going. Nice. Beautiful. Are you also going to Baltimore? I'm going to Baltimore. I'm going to to L.A. I'm going to both. And you're going to two or three games here? I'm going to go to like five games here. Oh, my God. You're out of control, bro. I can't even wait. I'm so excited to be back at these stadiums. It's going to be fun. Well, I hope you're. Uh, I hope you're excited for another average season. I'm all vaxxed up. I can see <laughs> shooting through my veins, and I am ready to go cheer on the bikes. Are you a Moderna or a Pfizer guy? I'm a Pfizer guy. Oh, okay. That's. I mean, that's cute. It's a little extra, lower, but extra yeah. 5G. <laughs> a lot of 5G. I'm like I like glow in the dark now. My oh. phone works so much better since my last shot. Um, all right, guys. Uh, next up, uh, Minnesota high school hockey tournament just wrapped up. Okay, and a couple of things to bring up. I, I don't want to talk shit about a bunch of kids, but I got to talk some shit about some kids. Okay? Do it. So one a hockey, them kids. One a hockey. First thing that happens here, uh, you get um, Dodge County. Okay, Dodge County. I don't even know where Dodge County is. To be dead serious with you, I would guess right. like way up north or something. They have some kid who's going to the Gophers. He dominated the tournament in one game. They scored seven goals and he had six of them. Future Gopher. A lot of fun there. They make it to the 1A championship. There's some little tiny school. I'm going to look it up right now because I just need to know where it is. Okay. It's got to be somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Minnesota. Oh, it's right by Rochester, it looks like. Okay. So it's south. Okay. So it's south of us. All right. So they make it to the to the championship game for the first time. They also play another first-time team that's never been to the championship, Gentry Academy. Okay. And you're like, that's so great. Two schools have never made it before. Okay. <laughs> Gentry Academy is some bullshit. And all the kids there are some bullshit. And that's what all I right. realized. The school has 90 kids in it total. Their girls made it to the 1A championship game, lost in double overtime. Their boys went undefeated and won the 1A championship. They have 90 kids in the whole school, and they all play hockey. Part of the day, like hours of the middle of the school day, is hockey practice. Okay? so That's not okay. In high school, you have to have kids who like live in your area or whatnot. Um, unless you're a private school and there's some rules around it. Here's where the kids from the Gentry Academy team, championship winning team, were from. Stillwater, Minnesota, Naperville, Illinois, Maplewood, Minnesota, Blaine, Minnesota, Hudson, Wisconsin, Isanti, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, Minneapolis, Minnesota, North Oaks, Minnesota, New Lenox, Middle Delaware, New Grand 
North Dakota, one kid from Nevada, one kid from Barnstable, Massachusetts, three kids from Edina, Minnesota, one kid from Lake Elmo, Minnesota, one kid from Vancouver, Washington, one kid from Coon Rapids, Minnesota, and one kid from San Francisco, California. No way. That's just a fucking college team playing at the lowest level of high school, beating everyone's ass, and then celebrating like there's some great high school story. Get this bullshit out of our tournament. It is polluting hockey in our state. I am done with that. I hate that. I can't believe that people are making a bigger deal about this. It's just crazy. Dude, none of us are going to watch or really talk about the, the new Mighty Ducks game changers on Disney+. Plus. But literally, they're like the evil new Mighty Ducks. Yeah, unacceptable. People should be up in arms about this. It's absolutely ridiculous. But on the other hand, the 2A tournament for boys was fantastic. The girls, 1A, 1A and 2A, both had great finishes. Um, and in the 2A tournament for boys, you had um, Eden Prairie, who they win everything, but they do have some really exciting players. Against Lakeville South, who was trying to win their first title, there was like 10 Division One players on the ice, including Jason Blake's son, who is a longtime NHL player, Jamie Langengrinner's son, who is a longtime NHL player, Casey Middlestad's brother, who's a current NHL it was like watching a, a college futures game for the title it went to double overtime and eden prairie won so exciting stuff there in the minnesota state hockey tournament fun that they actually got the tournament finished and in uh this year even though sports have been difficult um that's crazy i'm glad you brought all that up i had no idea i mean i didn't really follow much of it but that's total bullshit i'd be so pissed if i was like a senior and this is my big chance and then the the monsters come in essentially oh i just hate it um, finally, I uh, don't even really want to talk about it, but I have to give credit where credit's due. Jim, your team, Liverpool, has had a trash season, but boy, oh boy, did they come into the Emirates and Arsenal in London and absolutely put it on Arsenal. Arsenal looked like they had been out partying all night while Liverpool had been sticking together practicing, and that's what really the game looked like. Three nothing. That could be what happened. We don't know. Could have been quite a bit worse, so I don't want to run from it. My team sucks. Your team is fine. Crap out of us. Um... That's simplifying it, but I'll take it. You beat the crap out of us. <laughs> it yeah. was really ugly. So all that's left is for Arsenal to then beat the crap out of Chelsea. Yes. And then, and then Liverpool's yeah. looking like, hey, man, we could be – we're flirting with top four. Yeah. But Chelsea's just in our way, in our way again. Well, lucky for me, Chelsea, nothing bad happened to Chelsea this weekend, as far as I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what happened there? Why don't you just give me the score? Just give me the score. Uh, we had like – we had like – nine of our starters on international duty and they all came back and had to play a super early match and we can't win without N'Golo Conte in the midfield. Mm. So overall it was a shambolic performance. You wouldn't expect that to happen against a team like West Brom um, who stinks, um, but we stunk worse. Pulisic got a goal and then uh, jogged out of the tunnel. He, he's, he's the Byron Buxton of Chelsea. He jogged out of the tunnel at halftime and was like, nope, hamstring's too tight, not going to work. Had to pull him off. Wow. Like, what were you doing in the locker room, dude, that you hurt your hamstring? That you when you jogged out, it was too tight. Like, I, I didn't understand any of that. But, um, yeah, it's uh, the first defeat that we've suffered under Tuchel. Um, we got a big Champions League match on Wednesday against Porto. Um, in where are we playing, Eric? Madrid? I don't know where they're playing. We're playing somewhere in Spain. Valencia. I think we're playing in Valencia. We're playing two neutral site matches. Anyway, okay. um, hopefully everyone's like better and well-rested, or maybe this is like a little bit of a wake-up call. Like You're not as infallible as you think, even though Tuchel has inspired confidence, so not good. Not a good weekend yeah, for Chelsea. Cheering, I will be cheering for Chelsea in Champions League and against them in the Premier League, as usual. Um, Liverpool's got a big match against Real Madrid on Tuesday. 
Tuesday afternoon, 2 o'clock, so I'll be all over that. Actually, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch it because I'm driving to get my dang COVID shot in Austin, Minnesota, two hours away, but uh, worth it. Um, I will say this, other than City winning the title, which is going to happen no matter what, but yep. the finish for like the two, well, I guess the United's kind of got a lock on uh, the two spot, but either way, the European, let's just say three through eight, is going to be a wild finish. It's up for grabs all over the place. I, I don't care what team you are, two through ten, you have an argument that you've got a shot. And that includes, well, not not Arsenal from today, but a good Arsenal team that well, might make a run. Arsenal has a big game this week against those racist motherfuckers, Slavia Praha. So the whole world better be cheering for Arsenal because fuck those guys. Hmm. They were the one who Didn't were the player on the field during the game was calling people monkeys. And then their fans all like supported him and did a bunch of racist shit and held up racist signs. And yeah, yuck. That's that. that sucks. I even cheered for Gareth Bale because at the qualifying for the Euros, yeah, he, he elbowed the dude, elbowed the dude in the face. And I was oh, like, Oh, okay. I heard about that. <laughs> That's great. All right, guys, let's move on to the Twins. The Twins started their season with a 2-1 series victory over the Milwaukee Brewers. It's only a three-game series, right? Yeah, so correct. They, they should have won all three. They absolutely crumbled in the ninth inning of uh, the first game, losing 6-5 in extra innings, but they've won uh, the two games since, giving off just two runs in two games. Great starting pitching from the team has been awesome. Some reasonable power from the bats, but you already have Josh Donaldson injured on the DL, and you already have Buxton missing a game because of sickness. Yeah, not COVID, but sickness. Um, it's a long season, but dude, the Donaldson thing is almost like a punchline. It's just in- ridiculous. Yeah, Donaldson is going to look like an awful contract signing by the end of it, I think. It's just weird because you saw him, and he absolutely fucking roped that ball that he hit in his first at-bat. I mean, just smashed it, and you're like, yes. And then he tried to stay in the game. And it just wasn't working for him. You're like, oh, here we go again. But I'd rather have him be hurt early in the season and then healthy later. So he'll be hurt. I mean, he'll be in both. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think positively. Um, know. You know, and I think the uh, good for the Twins to to bounce back after like a mentally crushing loss where it was just like pitcher threw a little bit high to second base. Kepler had a chance to make a a play on a a difficult ball, but should have been caught. It bounced out of his glove, you know, a couple of mental mistakes. But then they come out the next day and just ab- like Barrios just absolutely dominates the Brewers. Um, mm-hmm. So um, I think that's a testament to this like Rocco Baldelli mentality uh, ball club of that. That's that's already yesterday. Who cares? It's 162 games. Um, put it in the past. Let's move on. Um, and they came out and just ab- literally just dominated the Brewers for the last two games. Yeah, uh, Buxton already has two home runs. Uh, great pitching by Maeda, by Barrios, and by, who's the guy today, um, Pineda. Um, Barrios throwing the hardest of his career, over 95 miles an hour. Uh, worked on his mechanics over the offseason, added a new pitch even. Guy looked dominant. Uh, if the bullpen can keep it straight this year, I think that the Twins could be pretty formidable. So that that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, yeah, I think that I think the two home runs from Buxton is the bigger thing, especially when the first one was what was that like four fifty? Oh yeah, that like was an, it, it, my favorite kind of home run where the guy doesn't even move. Like yeah, the, the center fielder just stays still. Yeah, they don't, yeah. Move, they don't even turn around. Like they're just like, well, that thing is a mile beyond me. And it hit like yeah. the top of the scoreboard in center field. Like it was an absolute moonshot. 
I think people, I think the, the hardest thing with Buxton is that he was drafted and early on people were like, is he the next Mike Trout? Which is just not fair to ever put on any player as Mike Trout is like going to go down as maybe the greatest player to ever play baseball or like he's in that kind of conversation with the stats he puts up. Um, so that's already a bad place to start. And then beyond that, he's he has been spectacular, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy really his entire career. But he's paper mache. Yeah. But Buxton, healthy Buxton, which doesn't really exist for most of the year, is like a superstar player. He's just fantastic. Yep. He's an incredible fielder. He's got an incredible arm. He's so fast on the bases. He's got power. When he's when he's really doing, you know, when he's really on, he hits all right for average as well. I mean, he's a really big time superstar player, but it's just like the injuries have really held his career back and made him like, you know, never really in that category of even an all-star. And so it's just like if you could get Buxton to play 80% of the games, I think you're a really good team. It just yeah. can't really do that. It just it's always something with that guy. And I think our our like dark horse going to be a really good player for our entire season is Luis Sarias. The guy does not get out. He gets on base all the time, which is in the modern game the most important thing is to get on base, doesn't matter how. Um, he's going to be our leadoff hitter and I think he might be in the conversation for our player of the year, not not MVP of the Major League Baseball or of the AL, but he's going to be in the conversation for our player of the year just based on his approach. He can play three, possibly four infield positions um, and is super versatile and you can't keep him on the lineup as long as he's getting on base. So he's going to be playing quite a bit. It's exciting, man. Are you pumped, Ryan? What, what are you, how, what are you feeling? I know you're hesitant because you care so much that you're guarded, but what do you think? I think after game one, I didn't want to watch the Twins for the rest of the season, <laughs> but then I watched game two and I was like, yeah, we're back. We're fine. I'm, I had <laughs> full, never a doubt. I never doubted this team for a minute, but uh, yeah, watching the end of the first game was brutal, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, it's, it's a long haul. Um, I hate, I hate starting off like in a national league park. You got to have your pitchers bat. You don't get any, you know, there's no like kind of get into a rhythm and then like then we'll throw it in later in the season where you play some National League teams and all that stuff. But um, I think overall this this team, I, I still doubt the pitching quite a bit. I still don't think it, it's as good as Chicago's, uh, the White Sox. Um, but if they put in perform, if Barrios puts in performances like he did, man, he's going to be our number one pretty soon. Um, even if Maeda's doing well, I think you got to have Barrios be the number one guy. So um, it's exciting. Um, I obviously love baseball and can't wait for the rest of the season. Beautiful. I'm All happy right. for you, mostly. Let's move on to the Minnesota Wild. They finish up a nice little sweep of their bitter rivals and one of the favorites to win the Cup, uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, by the way, the Golden Knights is a stupid name. Like, how it's cool a stupid name, and their team – I mean, you have a chance to come up with all new branding, and that's what you come with. It seems so lame. Um, but that's hockey for you. How are you going to say there are bitter rivals? They're like two years old. Don't you need some history there? Um, well, we don't have rivals because they took the state <laughs> of hockey, moved them away from Chicago, moved them away from Detroit, moved them away from Winnipeg, moved them away from any natural rival we could have, and then placed yeah. us with only teams in California, Arizona, and Texas, and Nevada. So it's insane. It's really stupid. So our rivals end up being like, the Avalanche and the Golden Knights. Like, oh, wow, yeah. great storied rivalries. Um, but they did make a move signing top prospect Matt Boldy. The, um, I think he's going to play wing in the um, 
in the league here. He's up for the Hobie Baker at Boston College this year, having a huge season. He's a big, uh, skilled forward who should be able to score some goals. And he's got the kind of body that, you know, maybe he could make some noise for us in the playoffs. Um, they're right up against the salary cap, so it's going to be difficult for them to get him on the roster without making a trade first. Um, I think the piece to look at for them at the deadline here is maybe moving Dumba, who they probably will lose anyways. Um, maybe picking up a centerman who can win faceoffs, even if he can't score goals. Just like a big faceoff machine. There's a guy for Detroit who's available, who's one of the best in the league at winning faceoffs. Uh, and then maybe you have some room to bring Boldy up. And, you know, I, I just think that's the only kind of move they're going to make. Uh, uh, what's the Bill Garrett, the GM? He already yeah. He's not going to, you know, risk the future to try to win this season. He thinks Thank you, God. And he doesn't want to go out and trade a bunch of picks or prospects to go rent a player. He said the only way he's doing something is if it's the move that's good for the future as well. So I think that there's something in place. I think they have a good young talent. I know. I think they know that Kaprizov is the future, and they have some good pieces around him. And they know that this is a good team, but this shouldn't be their best version of this team. And in the future, with Parisi and Suter's money coming off the books, they'll have some money to go add to that core of Erickson Eck, of Greenway, of Fiala, of Kaprizov, um, you know, and some of those defenders, and hopefully, you know, compete for a cup. So Boldy should be a part of that. And uh, we're right in the mix here. I think we're a couple points behind Colorado with a big homestand and like an 11-game home winning streak in hand here. So if they could get hot and win a few here, they could be pushing for the number one seed in their division. Which would be really cool. What's, what's crazy is Colorado – like wiped our faces on the ice. I mean, just, just absolutely just, I mean, it was Godzilla versus Kong. They were Godzilla and we were Kong and we were laying on, we were laying on our backs, but then we go out to Vegas. Who's another really good team with a really good record. And it felt like a, a solid like playoff matchup. Like I felt like we were watching, you know, maybe like the second round of a, of a playoff series, you know, maybe like the three versus the six at something like that. And mm-hmm. I was I was really intrigued with how the Wild responded to a really aggressive, tough team. Although defensively, we weren't quite as good. Um, we were getting lots of shots on goal and, and we were really aggressive. I, I enjoyed watching um, that series in Vegas against a really good team after after getting our asses handed to us by the Avalanche. Hey, um, are we not like one of the favorites to win the cup anymore? Like if you I mean, that was one of our leading headlines like a month ago, maybe. We're like, yeah, we have the second best odds to win the Stanley Cup. Is it no longer? Are we no longer in that realm? Probably not. I think we're up there, right? I mean, probably not. Um, but it's hockey. I mean, like all that shit. Games, I feel like every time I'm watching, we're winning. I mean, we're winning. Our record is good. Hockey is the dumbest sport when it comes to the playoffs, and we've talked about this because yeah, it's a eight crap seeds shoot. beat one seeds far more regularly than in any other professional playoff. Yeah, which in basketball it's never happened. <laughs> you know, like uh, one time, just, one time the Golden State Warriors beat the Dallas Mavericks. Baron Davis led Golden State Warriors beat the Dirk Nowitzki Dallas Mavericks. I believe that's beautiful as an eight seed. Um, so I'm okay. seeing a lot of odds have us as like the ninth favorite to win the cup, um, but you know, behind the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. Mm, yeah, so, in our division, I think that the. I think the Wild could win the cup or they could go out in the first round. Like he's, you're like Barter saying here. So I, I think yep. that's on the right path at least. And I haven't felt that way in some time with the Wild. And so um, I think the, big, I, the biggest priority for me right now is re-signing Caprice Bob already. 
Yeah. Eric, do you think that we're going to have to create a new plan for the wild that potentially plan C might be like, just be pretty good for the whole year. I love it. I love it. Wow. If that's the case, yeah, give me, yeah, give me plan C all day. Plan C is just like, don't torture some of the best fans in the NHL. That deserves <laughs> some <laughs> consistency. <laughs> don't mortgage the future every single fucking year. Yeah, don't trade all of your first round picks and prospects for um, second wing forwards in their thirties from the Buffalo Sabers. Yeah. Yep. We, <laughs> we boy, we had that. We had that channel. We had that conduit to the Buffalo Sabers like nobody else. All about that. All right, guys. It was like it was like in Kong King, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. He had a direct line underground right to, to Buffalo, New York. It was beautiful. <laughs> All right, guys, but we do need to talk about the Wolves quick. So the Timberwolves are still absolutely terrible. They're yeah. pretty much the worst team in the league as they get obliterated by uh, Houston, who's not even trying to win games. Um, and they do come back and beat them one time last week. They are at least fun, though. And I will say, Carl um, Anthony Towns is playing some pretty good basketball, and so. Mm-hmm. It begs the question, do we continue on with the future with Carl Anthony Towns? Or say we lose the first our, our pick, would you look to move up to the top of the draft by acquiring the number one or two pick in the draft and possibly multiple assets in a move that maybe sends Carl Anthony Towns the other way? Um, is uh, Edward good enough? And could another pick come in and be good enough? And is Jaden McDaniels good enough? For us to part ways with a superstar player like Carl Anthony Towns, who constantly is kind of leaking that he's not very happy. Um, yeah, I don't think he's happy. He uh, he was really motivated to play against Embiid, who he hates. Uh, you know, they came in at the same time and they play a similar position, and Embiid consistently makes All Star teams, and he and Cat doesn't, so he hates Embiid. Outplayed him, amazing posterized dunk with somehow Embiid's like arms out, like it was. Uh, like on the front of the Titanic, and I love the imagery there. So he plays; he's playing well. I would, I would be open to anything. I would love to keep um, Anthony Edwards. I don't know why you would want to trade him, but you have to be open to everything. You have to. Um, it's not like we have. We're. It's not like we're on the edge of of winning. We are floundering. So you should have all options open. Um, I would trade Cat for like a really high top pick, like a one or a two. Um, and plus other assets. Uh, I'd, I'd like to keep Ant and Cat, and everybody else can go. That's that's the two keepers I want. McDaniel's that top pick. McDaniel's is like right there too at this point. I think. Yeah. No. I I, I, I agree. You. I mean. You. It's nice to keep these rookies because they're cheap. Like, let's keep them if possible for sure. I think the thing that's like so hard is like there's been so many up and down guys in the Wolves over the last two three years. And that you kind of are like, oh, is Jalen Noel any good? Is Nas Reed any good? Is Hernan Gomez no. any good? Is, no. you know, McLaughlin or any of these guys? No. Okogi. All, yeah. all of them are bad. There's literally yeah. the only guys that matter on this team. There's five names that you could even mention. D'Lo, and he's a total loser who can't stay in the lineup and is not effective or efficient when he does play. Beasley, yeah. who's a, probably a better trade asset than he is an actual player um, on a good contract and a good skill set at a position that a contender would really like. So I actually yeah. like Beasley, whether he's on our team or he's a trade option. McDaniels, a really fun guy who doesn't need to be on the ball, who can defend. He's super young. He's a 3 and D, 4 who can block shots and is a mm-hmm. decent rim protector. I think he's really exciting. Towns, Pretty high upside with him. I'm excited yeah. about him. I think McDaniels, I think at the deadline, they didn't get anyone because they didn't want to part with him. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, obviously, Towns, a transcendent offensive big man who, for whatever reason, can only be on awful teams, even though he's the 
max contract superstar of the team. And then Ant Edwards, who maybe is going to be just Russell Westbrook, like so inefficient, but like really fun and athletic and puts up tons of points and hopefully eventually can get some assists. <laughs> it's like every game. Yeah, he's playing, I mean, he's playing point, hard. Rebound one assist. And I'm like, Ugh. I was like, yeah. wait, but I do think he's going to be really good. I think his upside is sky high. And yeah. so I just think the Wolves are in an interesting spot where it's like, what do they do with Russell? That trade has obviously been a disaster. What do they do with him? What do they do with Towns? What happens if Towns demands a trade this summer? Like, I think the Wolves are going to be electric and exciting this summer as one of the most dramatic places in the NBA. Yeah, Towns gave us, uh, you know, he had like one of his cousins come on to a a post game and it was a a nice, all of Towns' nice moments are never related to basketball or winning or anything. It's always like a family thing, which I don't want to shit on that. Like family is, is more important than basketball. But, you know, he had a tough loss and to the to Philly and he's like, I'm not, you know, you know, what's more important than winning the game of basketball is winning the game of life. True. Of course, that's true. But buddy, for you, winning basketball is winning at life. You fuck. So try a little harder and care a little bit more. He just doesn't have that edge. And maybe that's because he's been beaten down his entire career on the Wolves. And I wouldn't blame but, him. No, I mean, I think, I, and he's I lost think... a tremendous amount. He's had a tough run, um, but he he's never been the guy that that cares about winning oh I, th- I think that's untrue i think he cared a lot about winning early and i think that this last like 365 days for him has been unimaginable like unimaginably tragic and so for him it's so difficult to focus on basketball and i'm not trying to give him this like uh millennial snowflake pass you know i, I really think if you had lost your mom and like four cousins and you know you were a professional athlete and the only person you saw in, in the stands was your dad which your dad would probably be you know uh you know he'd be your biggest fan at that point but it still doesn't feel like it's the same and so i think towns is just going through so much mentally right now that basketball is meaningless for him where mm-hmm. for us basketball or the wolves means more you know, to see what the future could hold than it does for Carl. And that sucks as a fan, but you kind of understand where he's coming from. Yeah. No, I get that. I, I do. And it, I think you, I think you took the edge off my take a little bit, but you made it, you grounded it and made it realistic. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. All right, guys, that's all the time we have this week. Go back, check out our first episode. What an episode that was. Lots to talk about. Lots of fun. We broke down, uh, Godzilla versus Kong. I think I'm going to call it something different every time. We broke down Falcon and Winter Soldier at the midway point. We had all kinds of news for you guys. We brought back Nordy's rates, all kinds of stuff. So go back, check that out. Um, but otherwise, thank you guys for listening to the Nordy's podcast. We'll be back with you guys next week.